And it says to remit a debt. And in other words, that means to pardon, to pardon, so it's no longer there. So if you're pardoned from something, you don't have to do that anymore. So you don't have to, in this case, take that punishment anymore. You've been pardoned. Or, the other word I love, cancelled. Completely cancelled. So we know that Jesus died for us for our forgiveness of sin because we've all sinned. The Bible says that. If we think we haven't, we've got a problem. So he's saying that our sins are forgiven, they are pardoned or completely cancelled, gone, absolutely gone. So I'm going to read a couple of other scriptures that talk about that. In Isaiah 43:25, it says, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and I will not remember your sins. Will not remember. No, he doesn't remember. And in 1 John 1, 9, it says, But if we freely admit our sins when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. Every time. God is just to forgive us our sins because of Christ. So nothing we've done, nothing we've done at all, it's because of what Jesus did. But it says there, he is faithful to forgive us every time. And in Ephesians 1.7 it says, Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. Total cancellation of our sins. You know, sometimes I know I've been guilty of thinking, well, you know, God can't forgive all of those things or, you know, I remember those things that I've done that perhaps I shouldn't have. But God's saying to us in lots of places in his word that he doesn't remember them anymore. So once we say, Lord, please forgive me, which we do when we're saved, remember, but then as we go along, what was that verse in 1 John? It says, when we freely admit our sins when his light uncovers them. Sometimes there's a process of uncovering and we realise there's something not lining up somewhere. But he says he will forgive us every time. Now, in Colossians 2, 11 to 15, I'm just going to read this passage as well, um, which will add some more to that. So it says, Through our union with him, we have experienced circumcision of heart. All of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. So that's clear again, isn't it? All that guilt, power of sin, it's gone. And it's because of Christ and what he did for us. For we've been buried with him into his death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp. But now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. 
he cancelled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all and I love this bit. It says, and they cannot be retrieved. <laughs> they cannot be retrieved. We can't dig them up again. <laughs> um, they cannot. He, they're gone. They're completely deleted. There's a good computer word, isn't it? But you can't get these one, you can't get them back again. They cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Absolutely cancelled out, gone. And um, if you go on to read the next verse, um, it says, And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around. This is all the principalities and whatever. As prisoners in a procession of triumph, he was not their prisoner, they were his. <laughs> I love that bit. <laughs> they thought they'd won, didn't they? Uh, the enemy thought that he'd won when Jesus was nailed to the cross, but um, he just led them all around. <laughs> um, he was not their prisoner. They were his. So um, we're going to partake of um, communion today. And just remember, um, and I think that's the thing that God wants to say to us today, that those things that we count that we've done wrong, that sin that's been in our life, when he died on the cross, he erased it all. It's cancelled, deleted, gone, and it cannot be retrieved um, because of what he did. So let's stand and um, I'm going to, as we uh, partake this morning, I'm going to read what it says in Matthew about the Lord's Supper and we'll do it as um, he did with his disciples. And it says, as they ate, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said to them, this is my body, eat it. So let's eat the body that was broken for us. Then taking the cup of wine and giving praises to the Father... He entered into covenant with them, saying, This is my blood. Each of you must drink it in fulfillment of the covenant. For this is the blood that seals the new covenant. It will be poured out for many for the complete forgiveness of sins. So let's partake of the blood that was shed for each one of us. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you so much that when you died on the cross, it was a complete and finished work and you died for our forgiveness of our sin. So, Lord, we thank you that they are cancelled, they're gone and not to be retrieved. It's done, forever done, forever gone. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Um, I'd like to um, just start off giving a little bit of a report on um, Southern Cross Kids Camp that happened uh, this week, just gone, Monday to Friday, over at Creswick. And uh, uh, Coral and I got to go over on Wednesday. We actually took Maya, out the, our dog, over there. And um, Maya was a, an absolute hit, so she might have <laughs> she might have she might have found herself a job. Um, but the um, the I've said it before the the uh, Sun Cross Kids Camp is it's a it's a camp where kids who um, have had a very difficult beginning in life, and that's not what it's not that's not God's design, but we are in a broken world, and uh, these these kids just get loved on um, for a week, <laughs> which is pretty good. And um, it's really it's it's really a difficult situation because um, when kids are damaged, you know, psychologically, um, you know, emotionally, physically. Um, they actually push back when um, people are trying to love them, and and it's really hard. It's, uh, <clears throat> but love gets in. Love wins every time. So, <clears throat> um, thank you for um, for your prayers for um, that, that that camp over the week just gone. Uh, next week coming, um, there's a camp in Ballarat, and I think there's one in Mildura. Um, same deal, another another group of kids that are just going to get loved on for the for the uh, for the week. And uh, Wilma's actually heading up the the camp in Ballarat. <sighs> so. Um, when we were there on Wednesday, I got to meet one of the one of the buddies. So each each little camper has a buddy. So that buddy is an adult that are with them for the week, and uh, and then there's staff on top of that again. So I got to meet one of the buddies, and this um, this buddy uh, was uh, a former camper. So she was one of those kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's good <coughs> and um, and that's had such an impact obviously <laughs> on her um, and such a uh, such a, a healing process in her life um, that she's back and, and she's a buddy for one, another one of these kids so it's um <coughs> it is amazing, but that's the love of God being demonstrated 
and and there's a lot of ways the love of God is demonstrated. But boy, this is a this is a good one for 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 little people. And I don't think this is too much of a stretch. Who have ho- had their hope removed? So please be remembering to to pray for um, for the camps that are happening uh, this week, this week coming. Same deal again. Another group of kids just going to get loved on for a week. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'd like to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 16. And we'll start in verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say I am? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, of Hades, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that that word can penetrate. Lord, we thank you that that word can change. Lord, we thank you that that word, as it penetrates the heart, it will change a heart. So, Lord, we just, uh, we just present ourselves to you this morning. Lord, may our hearts be open to receive your word. Lord, that that word can penetrate deeply and that word can do what it's been sent to do. And Lord, that that word would change us from the inside out to be who you've created us to be. And Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there is a revelation of Jesus Christ, not just a head knowledge, but an experiential knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, of his presence and his power. The church has to have this understanding to be the church, the true church. It is a prerequisite. The revelation of Jesus is the foundation stone of the church. And anything not on this foundation is on a false foundation. Anything built, no matter where it is, but I'm talking churches here, anything built 
that is not on the revelation of the name of Jesus Christ is not on a firm foundation and it will not stand. You know, Jesus told that, that, um, that parable and uh, I remember it from Sunday school. You know, the wise man built his house upon the rock. We've all heard that one. And the wise man built his house upon the rock and the rains came tumbling down and the house on the rock stood firm. That rock from these scriptures is the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. It's the revelation of the name of Christ. Hallelujah. And it says, And the gates of hell will not prevail over the church with this revelation. It has to be that revelation. Now, hell has some power, but it has no authority. None. Coral was talking about Jesus leading the principalities and powers in a procession. And they just had to fall into line because they had no authority. He had all authority. Jesus said that. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus has the keys. He has the keys. He has all authority. All means all. It means the whole lot, the job lot. The enemy does what he does and all these little minions do what they do, but they have no authority. And when we understand the authority that we've been given in Jesus Christ, we can put those things in their place. And we're going to read about where their place is. Ephesians chapter 1, turn there please. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now we've we've read these scriptures. We're understanding, we're coming to understand these scriptures. Starting in verse 15, Paul saying, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, that's a key, faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Huh. We know other scriptures, you take the love for the saints out of, out of, out of, out of it, it's, you know... <laughs> It's just, there's nothing there. <clears throat> nothing that, that, that God is happy with. <laughs> for your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. There it is. We need to have the revelation of the knowledge of him, Jesus' name. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, 
Now, in my margin, that word understanding, there's a word there, it's heart. The eyes of your heart being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What's that talking about? What's that talking about? It's, it's what God has ready for us to not only understand, that, that's great, but experience the revelation of him and the, 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 the riches of his glory that, that come with that revelation. The ability that, that he has given us, that the, the potential of, of what he has made available is all there waiting to be experienced as we believe, as we, as we truly open our heart to, to receive the revelation of his name and who he is. And, so it's not only that, it's and, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? So there is a power that the church will operate in that comes through this understanding, comes, comes through that what Paul was, uh, was, was praying here, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of his hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but that also which is to come and he put all things under his feet that's where the enemy belongs under our feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is body the fullness of him who fills all in all. Verse 17. Give to you the spirit of understanding, sorry, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. Verse 18. The eyes of your heart being enlightened to know what he's put in you. If you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, all that is in him, is in you. It's a difficult one to, to understand. It's a difficult one to, to receive when we know some things about ourselves. So what do we need to do with that? We need to focus on him, not ourselves. Now, there are times, you know, where, where Coral again was talking about, there are things that God will reveal to us about ourselves. What do we do with that? We take them to him. If it's an issue that's, that's requiring some repentance, repent. Ask God to forgive. And then that's, Go on. 
the enemy will try and remind you. Tell him. It's gone. <laughs> and now there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus who walk according, walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now this is an unfolding revelation. We know that. It's an unfolding revelation. We are to go from glory to glory. Don't park. Don't get to a point and think, yeah, that's enough. I'll just sit here. I think we've all done that maybe at various points in our Christian walk. I know I have. I got to a point and I thought, yep, that's pretty good. We'll just sit there for a while. That's not it. That's not it. That's not what God's looking for. He's looking for vessels that he, continue, that he is able to continually fill because they're continually open and continually pressing in. Glory to God. I believe Paul was one. He's a, he's a great example. He's one that didn't park. He didn't, he didn't park his bus and say, that's, that's far enough. Because he had a, a desire in his heart to, to know God, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. <laughs> that was what Paul said, to know him. And you think, didn't Paul know him? Well, yes, he did, but he wanted to know him more. He wanted to... Paul's a writer of these in Ephesians. So he wasn't saying, well, that's just for you. (laughs) He was saying, this is what I want. I want to know him more. I want to have that greater experience in the knowledge of my God. And that's why in Romans he could say this. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is Romans 8, 38, 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, because <laughs> I believe he experienced both. <laughs> I believe when he was stoned, um, you know, when they dragged him out of the city and, and stoned him, I think he had a a death and resurrection experience right there. For I am persuaded, persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. (laughs) You've got to have gone through some things to be able to say, that and he did but that's the thing he went through all those things he didn't park and a lot of the experiences that Paul had were really really difficult and you know if we wanted to you know if we wanted to for myself if I say okay these are the experiences I've had in life some of them not real good, some good, some, you know, whatever. These are the experiences that Paul had in his Christian walk. 
mine, mine don't stack up, actually. When I see what... I haven't been beaten with rods. Which is a good thing. I haven't been stoned. I haven't been shipwrecked. I haven't been bitten by, on the hand by a snake. All the stuff. I haven't... I haven't but he did, and, he, and so I am persuaded. That's the potential. Potential, that's a, that's a scientific word. <clears throat> it's not always the best word. This pen has potential energy. It has mass. And there's a force pulling on it. It's called gravity. We're, we're all happy with that little science lesson? Okay. So this pen has potential energy. And it's just going to sit there until I let it go. And as I let it go, gravity takes hold and bang, there it is. Have you ever heard about somebody who's got such potential? Often it means that that is sitting there not doing anything. It's potential. It could happen. We can see a person, we can see the attributes that they've got and they've got such potential. Sometimes we've just got to let go and let God. Because we want to see that potential realised. We want to see the potential that God speaks about in his word, about what's living in us. We want to see that realised. We want to see that evident. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So how do we realise... How do we realise the potential? In Psalm 24 and verse 3 and 4, the writer says, he asks the question, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? And then answers the question, He who has clean hands and a pure heart. <laughs> Clean hands and a pure heart. In Matthew 5, 8, it's one of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I'll link that back to you know, that, that uh, verse 18 in, um, in Ephesians chapter 1. The eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart being enlightened. Eyes of our heart. You know, when Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Well, look, I know some people see things and that's God's given them that. And, and I love hearing from people who are seers. <laughs> I love it. Um, I don't. I get some words, I, and you know I'm not I'm not closed off to that. I 
I'm actually been asking God to show me some things. But that's fine. It's the eyes of our heart. Your heart's a very special thing. You know, some people think it's just it's just a pump, you know? It's a muscle, you know, pumps blood around your body. Well it does that. It does that. But there are some special qualities about our heart. <laughs> the heart is a memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a number of years ago I, I, um, I, I read some material on, on, um, on the heart and particularly about people who had had, had heart transplants and um, quite a number of, of, of incidences now, I don't know how often it happens but but these were recorded that um, people who've had a heart transplant often find that there's something different um, in their experience afterwards. Yeah, they might have a, a, um, a sudden um, like for certain foods and, and um, smells and, and different things. And, and they've, they've done research on it. They've, they've proven that this is the fact that, that the, the, the person who had the heart transplant, the person that the heart came from, had these, had these things happening. And there's one particularly, um, uh, I won't say famous, but striking um, example of, of there was a, a person who had received a, a heart from a, from a, a, a young person who had, had actually been murdered Received this heart and started <laughs> started getting these pictures of of the actual things associated with with this event with this with this murder and started speaking to 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 people about it and long story short the it came to um, the the um, people who could do something with that. And the, the person who had murdered this person was actually um, convicted through, through, through the person who had received our, this new heart being able to recount some of the circumstances. So, you know, now God's designed us. He has designed us, every part of us. And the heart is very precious to God. Now we know that there's a spiritual aspect of that. And, and, you know, how do you divide spirit and, and, and soul? We'll look at that in a minute. <laughs> and all the rest of it. There are different components of who we are, but God has made us one. But a pure heart before God is precious. It is precious. So that begs the question, how can I have a pure heart? How can I make my heart pure? Well, actually, you, you can't. 
<laughs> That's not very helpful, is it? <laughs> Let's have a look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Now, it's all good, but I won't read all of it because we'll be here until 2 o'clock. Um, Psalm 119. And verse, starting in verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate, that means look into, your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. <laughs> you can't take apart the cleansing of a heart and the word of God. They go together. The cleansing of our heart, the washing of the water of the word goes together. It is one. Now, this takes time. This takes time. When Jesus told a parable about the, the, the ten virgins, you know, they were waiting for the bridegroom to come and it was speaking of the end of the, of the age and, and the time that we're living in. And there's these ten virgins and it says that five were wise and five were foolish. They all had a lamp. All had the word. <clears throat> Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But some had some extra oil. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, speaking of the anointing, speaking of the anointing on the word. It's the anointed word that's going to have the effect. And when the bridegroom came and five, and, and yeah, they, they all, it said they all slumbered and slept. They all slumbered and slept. And you know, I, I believe that, that there is a, a spirit of slumber. I have been affected by it before. It operates effectively in church. There was a period of some time where I would, you know, we had the seats going this way and I would sit on the front row here and I could feel myself 
head going back. You know, you've felt like that. You've got your eyes closed and, and you're awake again. Spirit. Because the enemy doesn't want us to receive the word. Five were wise, five were foolish. The bridegroom was ready. He was coming. And five said, our lamps are going out. Give us some of your oil. And the wise said, no, you, you you go and buy. You go and get for yourself. See, you're not going to get everything that you need from somebody speaking on a Sunday morning. If that's the only input that's happening, as good as it might be, growth isn't going to, it's not going to happen if that's, if that's it, if that's where it, it, it finishes, starts and finishes. Because it takes time. It takes time. The only way to, to actually grow is to be in the Word. Hallelujah. So those five foolish, they went off to see what they could do and they, and they were locked out. The door was shut. We need to be growing. <clears throat> Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God, is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word of God is going to do a work in our heart. if we open ourselves up to the Word of God, if we give ourselves to the Word of God. You've actually got to... You've actually, you've got, it's, a, it's, a, it's a doing, isn't it? The power to change a heart sits with God. The power to change a heart sits with God the cooperation to allow God to change our hearts sits with us. God will change our heart, but we need to cooperate with that to allow that to happen. So there is a, you know, it's not one-sided, because God's not going to override our will. So there will be no accusation towards God of this sort. In the end of time, when everything's being settled, there will be no accusation towards God of this sort. God, why didn't you do something to draw me in? Whatever. 
God, why didn't you? He'll simply reply, you chose, it's your choice. Oh, that's that's harsh. No, it's not. We all have the opportunity. Everybody has the opportunity. And we hear it, don't we? We hear it. Glory to God. James. Don't you love the book of James? You've got to love the book of James. I wonder what James was like to be around. I don't know. Find out one day. The book of James. It's the, the way we are wired as human beings, it's if we give ourselves to something that something gets in. Now, I was... um, (laughs) That sort of came to me in the shower the other day as um, I'm standing there in the shower singing. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. And eyes and ears and mouth and nose. Head, shoulders, knees and toes. And you think, why were you singing that? Because we had our granddaughter with us. And she's got this little bear. And you turn the little bear on, give the little hand a click, and off on it comes, and then push the little red heart, and it starts singing. All sorts of things, and that's one of them. And... Five little ducks went out one day. I'm singing these things to myself. And, and we'd, we'd, you know, we, we had her with us for a week. That's all it took. <laughs> a week of this little bear singing these things. And I'm singing it in the shower. It's the way we're wired. What we give ourselves to will get in and then it will come out. We give ourselves to the Word of God, it will get in. And then it will come out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. Salvation. Thank you, Jesus. I'm saved. I have received your word. Glory to God. That's our salvation. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. 
So from verse 22, verse 21 is salvation. Verse 22 onwards, it's growth. Because we're putting that into practice. So what am I encouraging us all to do more? Spend more time in the Word. More time in the Word. I, look, this is this is for me as 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 very everybody else. There are so many things that we can do while we are here, and there's so many things that we like to do and want to spend our time doing, and none of those stacks up in eternity against the time that we spend with God in his word. I'm not putting a dampener on all those good things, <laughs> those other things. It just can't be a priority because that's not, none of, none of those things is going to change our heart, this world, and he's changing us to be like him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the way that you've made us. Lord, you've made us to be able to receive. Lord, you've made us so that what we surround ourselves with and what we give ourselves to imprints, becomes actually a part of who we are. And Lord, I thank you for the power of your word. And Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that there might be a hunger that is so generated in our heart. Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would just so not leave us alone, but direct us to, you, to, to, the, to the word. And Lord, that that word would just imprint upon our heart, that that word would become who we are. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, you've given us your word. Jesus came. Hallelujah. And you've given Jesus to us, to dwell within us. Hallelujah. Your word, the word became flesh. So that flesh can become the word. And we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Amen.
you know, if our heart's not connected with what we're doing, it's pointless. If your heart's not in it, there's no point in doing it. Some, some things we have to do because we have to do them. But you know when your heart's in something, don't you? You, you just know when your heart is connected to something you do. I, I don't know quite how that works, but I know it works. I know there's a connection somehow with the things we do in our heart that, that we know the two are, are genuine, they're sincere, they're, they're, they're coming from inside. It's not, it's not to impress anybody. We're doing it because we want to. We've got our, we've got our want to connected, that's what it is. And... The scripture speaks about walking in obedience to the word of God. And if we do that, we're going to find that everything that flows from our heart is going to have a God connection. we walk in obedience to the word of God, everything from our heart, everything we do, it's, it's going to have a heart connection. There's a, there's a way that God has of putting fulfillment or putting purpose in what we do when we walk in obedience. Do you understand that? There's an incompleteness in us when we're not walking in obedience to the word. You get that? There's an incomplete, there's something in us that, that, that can be like a, an annoying conscience almost, that we know if something is not right. There's just something that, there's a knowing. There's a knowing if, if we, if we truly have a heart that wants to be pleasing to God, then we want to walk in obedience, don't we? And faith, which is the only thing that pleases God, will always produce obedience. So I sometimes ask myself, well, what is it that you want me to do, Lord? Because that's, that's what I want. That's, that's the priority in my life. To be able to know that I'm walking in obedience to the will of the Father. I want to know that I'm doing what He's telling me He wants me to do. And that can be different things to different people. But I know that the heart of God is to give. I know that is the heart of God. And so sometimes I ask myself, Lord, why, why do you want me to give? Do you know giving has always got a heart connection? 
God knew that. That's why he put it in the scriptures. And we can see from the scriptures that your heart's connected to your money. You know that your heart is connected with your giving. You, you, You have a joyful expectation when you know you've got a gift for somebody that's going to touch their heart. There's something in you when you've bought something for your wife that you know she's really going to enjoy, that you have a joy when the time comes to give it. Have you ever experienced that? That you actually know, I've got a gift that's going to bring joy to my husband or to my wife or to my whatever. There's, there's a something, in, well, that's the sort of heart attitude God wants us to have in our giving to him. So can you see it's, it's not, not about the amount, it's about the heart attitude. What am I doing it for? And, and sometimes I ask myself, why do I give? Because I want my heart to be right in my giving. I don't want, I don't want a gift to be a, um, a, an act of tradition or just because, well, it's that day when you have to do it. You know, you've got to buy this gift because it's Mother's Day. Don't really want to do it. Don't like my mother, but I've got to get something, you know. Father's Day don't really, you know, but I feel like, you know, it's not, it's not about, well, it's Sunday and I have to give an offering to help pay the light bill. It's, 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 it, we've got to get away from this sort of thinking and, and line up with what, the word is saying, I, I got a couple of scriptures while Tim was speaking. And uh, it's in Ezekiel, actually. And it's talking about our new birth. Prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 36. And verse 25 says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you shall be clean. That's the word of God. I'll cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Can you see the power in the word of God? Can you see why Tim was saying how important it is to spend time reading the word of God? It will cleanse you from all things that are not God consciousness. And everything else that can start to crowd in to become an idol that takes the place of the Word or the place where we know we're connected with Jesus in our heart attitude. So the water of the Word, the washing, the cleansing of the Word. And then it says, I will give you a new heart. That's an experiential knowledge of what receiving the Word will do. The Word will change our heart. When we accept it in faith, it'll change our heart. So when we receive that Word of salvation, there's a heart change. And if we keep getting that water of the Word sprinkled on our heart, there'll be constant adjustments to be made. I'll give them a new heart and I'll put a new spirit within you. 
I'll take out the heart of stone out of your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. All because we have a love for the word. So I give because I love. I give, I give an offering, and I am talking about finance in the church as far as why do I give? There's lots of things that we can do with our money. So why do we give it? Two reasons. Obedience to the word of God and because I love him. I may not understand all the details, but I know that I love him. So I want to. There's my want to connection. I do it because I love him. I don't feel any pressure. I really don't. I, I do not feel any pressure. And I would, I would not like to think that there are people in this church who feel under pressure to give. I would put pressure on you to get into the Word. I would do that. And then I'd let God do the work that He's promised to do. Change my heart. Change my heart, Lord, to be just like you. And he's building his church the way he wants to. And it's really not our job to worry about how the church is being built or who's doing it. He said, I'll build my church. And those gates of hell are not going to prevail against what I build. And I'm going to build a people who are there because they love me, because they want to be there. And there's going to be such love in that place, such honour in the house. It's going to be that glorious temple. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to comprehend at times how glorious God's house is going to be. But it's going to be the place I want to be in. And if I'll just guard my heart, guard the work he's doing. In other words, he's doing the work. I'm presenting myself. I'm letting the Spirit do the work in me. And then I'm guarding that. I'm not letting the enemy mess with it. I guard what God is doing. And then God says, all things are going to be working out for your good if you will guard your heart. Do what I say, trust me, and you're going to be part of what I'm building and it's going to be a glorious house without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, no such thing. God is building a church like nothing this earth has ever seen before and it may not look like it. To the outward. But you've got to know 
in your heart what God is saying because that's the thing that's going to keep you in the place of absolute confident assurance in him. So I make it a purpose when I'm giving to make sure my faith is activated and that faith will produce obedience coming from my heart that will please the Father in every area of my life. And giving is just one area. But it's very important to understand that is the heart of God. And if we want to have experiential knowledge of the heart of the Father, then we've got to start walking in the experience the Father is sharing with us. So as long as you have a desire in your heart for him, Lord, I want you above everything else to lead me and guide me and show me what you have designed and planned. And I'll just walk in simple, childlike faith. And I know I'll be in the place that you want me to be when you want me to be there so you can do in and through me what is well-pleasing to the Father. Just that simple, simple childlike, Lord, what do you want me to do with my finance? Father, we just thank you that you give us the opportunity to experience the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we want to see, we want to have experiential knowledge of the kingdom of heaven here upon earth. So we ask you, Lord, just to prompt us, to lead us and guide us by your word and help us to walk in obedience to what you say so that you can produce that which is well-pleasing in each one of us as we guard our hearts, as we treasure your word and respond in obedient faith to what you say, we know you are building your church and all the glory unto you. Hallelujah. He's prophesied about it and it's going to happen. So I've been blessed, I've been challenged, <laughs> and I've been encouraged this morning. Um, yes, you can't explain, um, you can't explain it, can you, when God touches your heart and you can't. You know, there's no way of expressing it. Um, but you know that the work that's been done is real. And um, that's happened this morning for me. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm just so grateful to God for who he is. And um, it's actually not about us. None of it's about us. 
It's all about him and it's nothing we do to actually make him turn up in our lives except say, here I am. <laughs> and, uh, and it's a letting go of things. And um, I'm just so blessed by the word that washes over us uh, to change us from the inside out. And uh, Lord, help us, ne- help me never ever to take it for granted the work that he does inside that no one can see. And, um, and, and that's what it is. It's changing from glory to glory and uh, not taking for granted that the word that comes by the Spirit of God changes us and uh, we sit in the midst of that today. And uh, so that we go out totally different to how we came in. I know I'm going out different to how I came in today because God's done something in my heart and I can't explain it. But I know that he wants to do it for all of us and it's what actually makes us stand, gives us the strength to be able to stand for whatever is coming and um, it's, it's what's helped us stand to this to this point and um, I, I actually said to Lockie this morning before he came I actually think I'll get someone to pray for me today because I think today's my day for healing and so I'm going to ask <laughs> ask for prayer after and when we were worshipping I just, I just felt today was the day I can't explain it. I don't feel anything different in my in my body than I did when I walked through through the door. But I, it's a knowing, and um, I was touched in the worship, like I haven't experienced in a great uh, in quite a bit of time. Um, I don't know whether you felt it, but I did. And when the word came, it just was like it was washing over. You know what. Tim brought and what Jeff brought it just was washing over and um, and it's like we look around and it's just a handful of us today and um, but that doesn't that doesn't stop God from turning up and um, I really just felt today was the day so um, can I sit back down there and get someone to pray for me and actually not give out the announcements. Is that okay? Because the announcements are in the um, online and they're out there on the thing. And there's lots of things happening this week, but um, I don't want to actually give them. Is that all right? So can I just get someone to pray for me? As you were as you were speaking, <laughs> I saw 
a cloud of mist in an area and I saw it blown away by a gentle breeze. And I believe that breeze is, is the breath of God. That mist is, is the things that have been hanging in your body. They've been hanging around far longer than they are welcome. And the breath, the gentle breath of God is just blowing them away right now. (laughs) That's what I could see happening. Father, we thank you. Thank you, thank you for the work that you do. For your gentleness. Lord, that it only takes, that it only takes a still, gentle breath from you to remove something that seemed so stubborn. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, church, I want you to encourage you that as we continue to pray for Rose to not just sit down and think, oh, this is weird, what's going on? This is an opportunity for you to connect your faith with this moment. And thank the Lord for what he's doing. So can I ask you to pray as we continue to pray? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you for what's happening right now. Father, we have an example in the scriptures of the woman who placed a demand upon the anointing. Lord, when she came to you and touched you, she drew from that anointing. She made a withdrawal from the glory realm. So, Father, right now we receive that withdrawal from the glory realm to bring divine healing to every part of this body, every muscle, every cell, every tissue, every fiber of this being quickened by the anointing of the Father that comes through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring new life and restore now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father for the complete healing.
times uh, Jesus said to those who came to him be it to you according to your faith <laughs> so we say right now Rosemary <laughs> be it to you according to your faith in Jesus name Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 Glory to God. I don't feel like giving announcements either. <laughs> there is a prayer meeting here on Wednesday night. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it's our dinner night. It's our dinner. Well, we'll pray over our dinner. There's a church family dinner here on Wednesday night. Six o'clock. Glory to God. Uh, yeah, and if you could please let yes, let Samantha know if if, uh, if you're coming. And we need help to get tables. Thank you, Rosemary. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna set up a little bit, um, put some tables out. In preparation, or get them in here in preparation for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Get on the website. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Well, if anybody else is wanting prayer this morning, please feel free. Could be the time. Glory to God.